You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather around, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. And also joining us today is Bjorn Westgard. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I got to tell you guys, we're recording on Sunday. Uh, Friday evening, I had my second COVID shot. I'm an elementary school librarian, so I was high on the priority list. Got my second shot. Uh, whew, I spent yesterday vomiting, uh, 102 degree fever, chills, uh, body, uh, body aches, just awful. So you're doing your job to, uh, to help public health by selling everybody on getting their shots, right? <laughs> yeah, just maybe, means maybe I shouldn't say it, but you had an, a robust immune response. Tim. I, I That's... did. And that's actually a question I had for you, Bjorn. I didn't, I didn't call you Dr. Bjorn Westgard in the intro, but you are an emergency room doctor. Um, I, I was wondering what this means for me. Does this mean I like, have little chance of uh, surviving the uh, approaching Armageddon or uh, the apocalypse? Well, now that you've got the shot, it's probably... You probably but... Yeah, I wonder what this means, like if there's any takeaways oh, globally oh, about oh, oh. who I the am. The next one, the next one. How I made up... Yeah. Right. We'll we'll see. Twenty eight weeks later, um, <laughs> Z- uh, zombie Tim. No, you should. I, I I think that probably means you are are developing a a, a good immune response. Your your cells are going to be all all set to fight whatever comes at them. Nice. So I probably wouldn't have even gotten sick had had COVID entered my system. It's tough to know. I, I you know there's there's a lot of unknowns with this whole thing and and. The main thing is that we know the way that the vaccine works, that it should stimulate your response to actual viral particles, viral elements of the virus. And so if you are uh, getting some reaction, that means your immune system is stimulated. And we're going to expect that uh, Tim Kennedy is going to be safe at school moving forward. It's it's funny that I want to somehow make this about who I am, like I just happened to get a shot, and I knew this was a possibility that there would be side effects. It's a there's a certain element of sort of biomachismo to the whole thing, <laughs> right? Like, I'm just looking at the fact that I'm in a room with two guys who have, are fully vaccinated, and I'm like, you know, the least healthy of the three. Why, you know, why don't I have my shot? Just kidding. Just kidding. So I uh, I'm feeling like ten times better than I was feeling yesterday, but I'm still not feeling totally myself so i might need to rely on now that was not sean like it normally is that was bjorn um uh i might have to rely on you guys to carry me a little bit i I still feel a little fatigued today but enough about me nothing's gonna be different it'll be fine (laughs) wow (laughs) we are going to be talking today about the effects of players sitting out a year of football obviously we have some rookies that sat out 2020 uh, so we have some concern about that, but we also have some 
NFL players that sat out 2020 as well. Sean did a fairly deep dive into some statistics and uh, case studies where this has happened before, where players have sitting out have sitting out. Sitting out. I am just rocking the game. You are, you are, you are the elementary school teacher. They right? are sitting out. <laughs> Where players have sat out a we'll, season. We'll blame it on COVID. Either do. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I blame something. Um, but sat out a year due to a suspension or maybe a contract dispute or something like that. So we're going to be taking a look at those case studies to see if there are any takeaways and that we can apply to a, this year's crop of rookies and returning NFL players. At a minimum, it's a trip through history. We, okay. We're going to hear some familiar names. You got some good ones on there. I do. Nice. Now, I, just a little, it's not really news so much, but kind of news, but a, an interesting case, I thought. <clears throat> Russell Wilson, and it sounds like he might move on from Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I believe he's going to move on from Seattle, but as this goes on, it gets weirder and weirder because not only is he saying, you know, teams that he wouldn't mind playing, which some of them are surprising. Well, that's why I brought it up. I, I mean, it, he said he would waive his no trade clause if he was dealt to the Cowboys, which I get, the Saints, which I also get, but then he said the Raiders and the Bears, which. So I don't I get the Saints, of, honestly, because they're, they're in such cap hell. I, I don't know why he would want to go there. Well, and the, did you hear, like, the mayor of New Orleans, like, told them, told uh, um, the mayor of Seattle to sort of back off on the whole, uh, or no, sorry, it was the reverse. Seattle mayor told uh, the New Orleans mayor to back off on the possibility of getting Russell Wilson. <laughs> so it's like, now it's political. Now wow. it's, yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> Well, and the Cowboys have a quarterback, I mean, He's not signed, but they have a quarterback, and and the Raiders and the Bears. I don't know why you'd, why, if you're in Seattle, why you'd want to go there. Yeah. Except, you know, the whole thing that is going on in Seattle is also a little bit of what our Timberwolves go through with just kind of like this kind of weird nepotism, because you got Pete Carroll, but then like two of his assistants are his own kids, and so it ends up. I think Russell Wilson is feeling a little bit like, you know, like. The, the entire system is is designed basically to control him, and Lost I can see why he might want to get out of there. Yeah. So I say I only brought up the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves have a kind of a history oh, yeah. of just kind of hiring the, the the kid next door that you remember used to be a ball boy. And we wonder why they haven't been any good for, <laughs> ever forever, yeah. right? So I don't know. This will be this is worth watching. I mean, there's so much movement with quarterbacks or potential movement with quarterbacks this offseason. We still don't know anything with, with Deshaun Watson. I cannot imagine him playing in Houston. So uh does he sit out? You know, then then maybe he fits into this category next year of players who sat out a year. Or does he, you know, get his way and go somewhere else? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. It it looks like a kind of an ugly situation there. Yeah. Like they're no. both they're both digging in right now and I think we're I think we're seeing how much power an NFL quarterback actually has, and it's the one position where I think the players actually do have leverage. You know, we've talked many times about how running backs have no no leverage. Um, you know, in 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 football, basically, it's the quarterback, and we're going to see how much leverage they have. Yep. All right. Well, let's jump into this. I mentioned at the top of the show we're going to be talking about players that have opted out of. 
the 2020 season or largely opted out. There's a few players we're going to mention that did play a few games, but played a shortened season. Um, and then we're going to get into these case studies that, that Sean dug up to see if there are any takeaways that we can, we can learn from here for these players. So do you want me to just list the, the guys, Sean? Well, yes. Let's just start with the guys who sat out last year, the veterans who sat out, although most of them are not fantasy relevant. Um, there might be one or two that that are worth noting. Sure, I think so, that's an important point, though. Like if you if you really want to think about it. Oh, that that it was guys that maybe weren't at the top of their career. Absolutely. That, yeah. That opted out. That could. Yeah. Be. No, I think I think that is absolutely true. If we didn't see at least in the, from skill positions, you know, the 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 first name is on the list is the only one that I actually think really had something. Um, uh, in terms of a, a, a key job, but also got replaced in the draft, arguably. So Right. All right, so I'll just go through the list in case these guys are on your very deep uh, salary cap dynasty roster. Uh, Damian Williams is the guy Sean was just talking about that was maybe a little more relevant at the time that he opted out. Uh, Geronimo Allison, Devin Funches, Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson, Marquise Lee, Matt Lacoste, Brandon Bolden, Marquise Goodwin, and Travis Benjamin all opted out of the NFL season. And then we have a few uh, rookies coming into the league, and these are bigger names, at least a couple of them, um, that didn't play in 2020. That being wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU, Kenneth Gainwell, the running back from Memphis, uh, Nico Collins, wide receiver from Michigan, um, and Sage uh, Surratt from Wake Forest, a wide receiver, are kind of the the bigger names. Um, and then there's a f- well, and, and, actually and Trey Lance is pretty. Yeah, pretty I mean, big Trey Lance is a big too. name. Um, I mean, some, the, the partial season guys you're talking about. Yeah. Well, if you get into the but yeah, I I included Trey Lance in the no season base because he basically played one game. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, we also have some guys that played a partial season. That being Kylan Hill uh, from Mississippi State. Um, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, wide receiver, played in five games. I should mention Kylan Hill played in three. Um, Terrence Marshall from LSU played in seven games. And then Javian Hawkins, running back from Louisville, played in eight games. So those are the guys that we, kind of the reason that we're doing this is we wanted to see if there was any data we could we could call any information we could take away from these case studies, this deep dive into NFL history. Right. Um, so this is interesting to me, and I'm curious what Bjorn thinks about this, is is just we just listed off two basic li- uh, sets of players. And uh, in the, for, the, uh, for the pros, the, the, the veterans, it was, a, it was a who's who of you know, deep bench guys for the most part with the exception of Damian Williams, who I, I do think is a thing that people need to remember, by the way, because because he was pro- arguably more productive uh, on a Super Bowl-winning team than Clyde Edwards-Alaire was last year on a non-Super Bowl-winning team. I, I could see when he comes back uh, getting some uh, some chance to, to, to run uh, and cutting into Edwards-Alaire's um, production. But... Yeah. I don't disagree with you on that one. I don't know how much we'll find out, um, but again, I think that's very different than the the players that we we listed, which were all like it's seriously it's a who's who of potential first round, second round, third round draft picks. Um, and I'm just curious, Bjorn, if you if you 
if you th- what you think about why that is. Why did so big names hold out of the college season and uh, not so much the pro season? Well, I think it's pretty clear that if you look at the college guys, they're all protecting their value before they go into the pros. Whereas if you look at all these pro guys, you know, they're folks who have limited uh, limited careers and they're they're protecting their uh, you know earning their, potential their livelihood yeah their livelihood um, so it makes a lot of sense uh, on the one hand for for these people who think they're going to be able to get top dollar to uh, opt out while they're still high on the game as opposed to uh, getting injured or getting sick. You know, especially we've seen a couple players who've gotten myocarditis, and you know, there's there's actual actual My, risks. Myo what? Myocarditis, inflammation Tom. of the heart that diminishes your cardiac capacity and therefore your exercise capacity. So, which is when one of the long term uh, effects that we've seen uh, with COVID for sure. And so, I think you know these college guys are protecting their value, and the other guys are protecting their earning potential. I, I do think it's fascinating, you know, um, to think about the complex decisions that are going into this. You look at, uh, which are way more complex than, you know, the metrics that the NFL uses. So you look at Damian Williams and Damian Williams opted out cause his mom's got cancer. Right. Sure. Right. Right. He's protecting so he's, he's, his mom. he's thinking about his family. Right. Like are these guys, you know, and, and you look at the fact that, uh, uh, half of the guys who opted out of the 2020 season were linemen. You know, they got a limited shelf life, and, you know, a lot the of them have big dudes. BMIs over 30. Yeah, yeah, they're technically obese, so they're high risk. You know, I'm sure there's more than one case of diabetes in the bunch. Um, and, you know, they're protecting their earning potential, and also they're, they're – wanting to get back into the game at some point, but uh, don't want to, don't want to come down and end up in the ICU. I, I think, I think there's gotta be something also about the fact that the NFL basically had done a pretty detailed plan for how to keep people safe. And so I think kind of the, the bigger name players would feel more comfortable um, participating unless you had like one of these more extreme situations because what we're not hearing honestly is there's probably plenty of college players that were less prominent college players that we just aren't even hearing about because because they're not prominent so i think the 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 safety the safety plans in college i think were a lot less than what were what they had available to in, in the in the pros yeah, they, they weren't using the uh, the immediate result to COVID tests, and right. I'm guessing they weren't, at least in the smaller programs. Yeah, probably not in the smaller programs. I bet you some of the bigger programs were. But we haven't really heard that much about it. No, that's true. Yeah. Right. All right, so, so, so I looked at a bunch of different – like I looked at every player I could find that missed a year. In the well, history of the NFL. Going back to my birth. <laughs> that is – that is what I call a deep dive, and uh, there, there's there's a bunch of categories. The first category, which I, I, I'll just I'm going to list the names. These are the people, and they basically missed for injury reasons. And there's probably other guys, honestly, that that missed for injury reasons, but basically missed a full season. And it's Kajana Carter, drafted number one overall, tore up his knee, and was never anything after that. I, I don't know how much we know about that, right? Yeah. I don't know how much relevance that guy has. 
Michael Ashore, similar kind of a thing, towards Achilles, came back, wasn't effective. Ryan Williams, um, 2011, second, same year as Michael Ashore. Actually, in our league, same guy drafted both those guys in the, <laughs> with two first-round picks. Ouch. He drafted Michael Ashore and Ryan, Ryan Williams in the preseason. They both are off for the Who year. Who was it? Was that Eddie? It was Mitch. Oh, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Willis McGahee, big name, uh, tore up his, national his knee in uh, the national championship game. So the last possible moment, he was a guaranteed top five uh, NFL pick, missed the next season rehabbing, um, was drafted at the end of the first round. I remember this being a big thing because I can't remember who his agent was, but he, he was doing like the greatest, most public sales job on Willis McGahee. And, and I thought, well, he's just, this is all fake. It seemed very fake. And he came back and he was actually had a, a long career being, being productive. I don't, know that he um i think the next three years after he came back he got like 1300 yards and, and eight touchdowns on average but it was only 3.9 yards per carry so i i think that i don't know if it was the time off or maybe the fact that he tore up his knee sure um so those are guys that I, I i found that um there wasn't a great history of but honestly with with the injuries um limited relevance um then there is a whole bunch of veteran uh, retirements and unretirements, suspensions, holdouts. Um, and uh, this goes back to 1971 or 72 with a guy named Dwayne Thomas. Remember him well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this guy, but he, but he actually, the interesting thing about him is he had a big second year, uh, was voted Super Bowl MVP, but he was such a malcontent about his contract that they actually gave it to Roger Staubach instead. <laughs> wow! <laughs> because they did, they thought that he was going to basically throw a tantrum at the at the banquet. So they <laughs> they had a banquet for Super Bowl yeah. MVP, and so then they gave it to somebody else. Oh, that's yeah. great! Uh, but he flamed out. He basically just maybe maybe it was the time off, or maybe it was the fact that he was just a, 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 a angry malcontent and uh, whatever. He basically. Um, Never did anything again. John Riggins, big name. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he uh, had was a superstar running back. Um, held out in 1980. Um, wanted more money. Eventually got um, came back to the league at age 32, um, and basically picked up where he left off. He wasn't quite as effective. He went from 4.4 yards per carry to 3.7 yards per carry, but maybe it was because he was 32. <laughs> Um, ah, so he held out when he was 31. 31. I know. I was thinking the exact same thing. So he came back to league at age 32. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's when guys <laughs> are like is... leaving the league now. Yeah. The league was different then. Yeah. But I think it was, it was amazing to me is, is how much the league these was tolerant of guys who were they get a million carries averaging three and a half yards a carry. And that's just how the league was. Then. That's how the game was played. Yeah. A lot, lot, lot less scoring. Um, yeah. All right, so the next one, Ricky Williams, another familiar name. Uh, Mike Dicka traded his entire draft class in 1999 uh, to draft him as a New Orleans Saint, if you guys remember that. I he do trade. remember. I remember he was, a, I think, brand-new coach that year, too. Yes, yeah. And he came in, and he traded all seven of his picks that year to take, <laughs> to to take Ricky Williams. And he was okay. I mean, yeah. he, he was okay, but he actually ended up kind of being a bigger thing in Miami. Yeah, but he 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 actually took two different seasons completely off. So um, 
2003, 2002-2003, he basically he had 2,200 yards, 1,700 yards, you know, double-digit touchdowns both years. Then he retired, and everybody suspected uh, it was because he wanted to, he wanted to smoke weed. That's 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 the, the that's the that's the word on the street. He comes back in two thousand five. He's sharing time. I can't remember who he was sharing time with, but he but he was still averaging four and a half yards a carry. Um, and then he got suspended in two thousand six um, for another year. And in two thousand seven, only played one game. Two thousand eight, came back again. 900 yards, five touchdowns. 2009, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns. What does that tell you? Ricky Williams is a good football player, and he could take some time off to smoke weed, and it didn't hurt his game. Right. <laughs> now, my question for you, I, my memory is that Ditka didn't uh, stick around too long in New Orleans. <laughs> no, it didn't no. work out well. And, and uh, which happened first? Was it the Ricky Williams retirement? Or or Mike Mike Ditka leaving. I can't. I don't remember. I don't. I, I feel like his retirements were both when he was in Miami. Yeah, right. <laughs> if only we had a device. Yeah. I, I feel like it, I feel like both his years off happened when he was in Miami. Like he had already been traded to Miami. Um, Randy Moss um, retired and then came back with San Francisco. Um, obviously, we all know who Randy Moss was, and uh, he he was really weird only because he was elite in two thousand nine. And then suddenly vanished in 2010 in terms of not being productive. He gets traded to Minnesota, flames out here because he he didn't like the catering at some event. And so, so, so they let him go. And then retires after finishing up in, in Tennessee. And then he comes back in San Francisco, goes to the Super Bowl again. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think you can take much from that, that case. Randy Moss is, there's one Randy Moss on the planet, right? Um Marshawn Lynch uh, skipped a year in 2016, comes back, actually puts up better numbers. Um, so I'm not seeing a big change here with these veterans. The one exception is, um, in terms of holdouts, is maybe Le'Veon Bell, who's far more recent. Uh, he was basically killing it in, in Pittsburgh, 1,800 yards a season, uh, four and a half yards a carry, double-digit touchdowns. He, he holds out. Uh, signs um, with the Jets and Adam Gase <laughs> comes back to averaging 3.2 yards per carry, uh, 1,200 yards total, and four touchdowns. And obviously last year was a complete disaster for him. Right. So um, I am curious at this point, that's the first guy that I think is, I start to see, okay, is this guy relevant? Because some of these other guys are just like the legends of the game, right? Right. Uh, this is just time off. And for Le'Veon Bell, I'm not sure. Uh, my recollection as a Le'Veon Bell owner was that is that he didn't look like he had the same explosion, right? So he didn't look like he had the same burst. And maybe it was because he was getting a little older. He's still not terribly old. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Bjorn, at this point in time, let's, let's, what, what happens to a guy when you are, are, working out and practicing all the time and then you know whether you're working out on your own or not you're not in a like a structured practice structured workouts you think there's anything anything medical to 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 apply here to 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 think whether or not this is 
a thing you got to be worried about. Sure. There's, there's lots to say, but I think that the trick with a lot of these is that um, it probably involves kind of deep scouting in terms of what, what they've all been up to in the off season. You look at what we had early on in the season this year with a lot of injuries, the first couple months, we got a bunch of knees um, and Achilles, uh, Achilles. Um, and if you look at next year, there's a, there's a longer acclimatization period that the NFL has set up. And I think that's smart. Uh, oh, they changed their, their, they, they changed their workout setup? Yeah. It's, they've got a longer sort of lead in is oh, my that'd understanding. Be, that'd to, be good for these guys who have been setting out, I think. Absolutely. Well, I, they definitely need to think about it. On the one hand, you can think about the fact that You've got muscles and tendons that are not being worked to the same length, same degree that they are ordinarily during a season or even during regular off season. On the other hand, who knows? You know, maybe some of these guys. Um, I mean, that's one of those interesting things about Ricky Williams. I remember watching videos of what Ricky Williams was doing in the off season. Dude was doing all sorts of different stuff with his body. I mean, he may have been smoking weed, but he was doing a lot of other sports. And if you're yeah. developing other muscles, and um, you may actually be more resilient coming off the backside of that than right. um, if you're using muscles that aren't necessarily football muscles. Like yeah. you're building up other parts yep. of your cross training. Yep. So you've got your, your cross training essentially, mm -hmm. so that you've got a lot more sort of other support to every joint, every other muscle system that you're using um, on day-to-day -day in the NFL. So that's what's kind of tricky to know with what guys are doing in the offseason. And you're going to have some guys who are real smart about it and some guys who are not. So, well, <laughs> so that, that. and that is, let's, let's go into some of the not smart guys. And I'm not picking on these these people personally, but actually the cross training thing is the thing that I actually see uh, a, a theme with here as well when we're, when we're trying to pull out themes. So less smart guys <laughs> sounds wow. so harsh because one, of them, one of them is near and dear to my heart. No, actually... I, would, I would, I would say people who are doing sort of the straightforward NFL off season kind of thing. And then there are other folks who are, there's a broader perspective. You can also, uh, let me just throw in one more thing. You can think about people who have had injuries. A number of these college guys who sat out uh, last year had injuries, shoulders and knees and ankles and things. Um, so They might you know, be healing. They might be healing. Right. And they might be doing a good job of it. So Right? As opposed to continuing to stress that piece. So as you go forward, Sean, I just want to confirm, this is your not smart guys category? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the, these are the last two guys are belong in the in the veteran category, but oh. they also happen to be guys who maybe have demonstrated a lack of judgment. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Uh, and maybe it's, I I don't want to say not smart. I'm gonna say maybe poor judgment. Okay. Right. Um, Josh Gordon and Martavis Bryant. Okay, so these are both guys who um, had nice rookie years kind of exploded their, their second year in the league. I mean, Josh Gordon was epic, uh, almost 1,700 yards in, in 14 games. Um, <laughs> he, he just, uh, not to derail your train of thought, but he just signed uh, as part of some startup 
football league. Yeah, like, like it, was, it was some. It looked like some kind of like arena flag football league kind of a thing. He's got to get paid, man. He's not getting paid, and and I do have a real soft spot in my heart for for Mr. Gordon. Yeah. Um, I hope that he uh, is able to to uh, stay in recovery and Johnny um, Menzel. Yeah, he's, he's in that league. As well. yeah. yeah, that's probably not a good combo. That was not a good combo in the NFL. So Gordon uh, was insane in 2013. In 2014, he got suspended after five games. Wasn't amazing in those five games, but you know, was fine. Missed all of 2015. Missed all of 2016. And so spent now, both those years on your roster. <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, you know, we had injured reserve. He was, he was, he didn't take up a roster spot, but he did take up salary. Right. Um, then he came back to the league in 2017, five games, 335 yards, which is basically what he had done in 2014, five games, 300 yards. He 2018, he had more of a full season. I think he played on a couple different teams. I think it was New England and maybe one game in Cleveland. Um, 737 yards, four touchdowns, a shell of what he was. Now yeah. that I think is relevant because he still was not old. He still was not old. But he also took off two and a half years. And I think, and maybe during that time wasn't, I mean, there were, he, he, he would post YouTube videos or, I don't know if it was TikTok or what 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 it was. He would post videos of it himself not working TikTok. out. It was not TikTok. I know it wasn't TikTok. I'm just joking. But there were little videos of him working out, and he was ripped. So he was not getting fat and and lazy. He was working out. Yeah. But something was lost during that time. He he didn't come back as fit as he was. And if you saw him on the field, he looked. I mean, he looked ripped. But Maybe it was not having the providence of whatever's happening in Cleveland. and But, you know, I mean, you got Tom Brady throwing the ball. Well, and, I mean, we kind of mentioned this before, but I, you can work out and be a giant, fit human being and not have the right muscles built up to play football. Like right. They're, you know, so it, it's it, it, it's not necessarily a given that, you know, if he's ripped and has a six-pack, that, that he's going to have the same burst or cutting ability or well, yeah. and also, are you are you doing this by yourself, or are you working out with the team? Well, because... yeah, it, 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 that's that's what I'm wondering because he wasn't even so under the policies that they had back then. He wasn't allowed to go to the team f- facility. He wasn't allowed to interact with the team. So he was doing everything on his own. Right. Which you know, you've seen you plenty of guys who are ripped. Who that's all they are. Right. Yeah. You got to lose something when you're not dealing with your trainers and your yeah. coaches and yeah so similar similar boat martavis bryant um missed 2016 you'd think that he would have hope we'd see josh gordon and think I, i'm not gonna go do that but he did miss a year he went he went um you know people think he, he was this amazing justin will tell you that he was he was every bit as good as josh gordon he wasn't it was second, nice. second year. He had like 750 yards, six touchdowns. He was he flashed. He was uh, another Justin third round pick. He right? was a Justin third round. So he'll tell you how great he was. But <laughs> he was okay. 
and yeah. he flashed. Justin Bodie, uh, by the way, is a fan of Dwayne Thomas. <laughs> he remembers him well. <laughs> he remembers him well. Um, Justin does have a memory like he that. Does. He, like does. he does. If, like he, if, he, if his dad watched him, had him watch that Super Bowl when he was two, he will tell you that he remembers, you know, he remembers why he got MVP. By the way, 19 carries, 95 yards. I looked it up. <laughs> At any rate, the uh, uh, he comes back. He basically plays a full season in 2017, 15 games, 600 yards. Like No, thank you. Well, and again, I think these things are super individualized. You look at Bryant, and he's a dude who, um, I mean, he went into rehab. Like, yeah. he had, you know, substance stuff. You know, everybody's got, whether it's family or whatever, you know, stuff you're dealing with on the on the home front, everyone's got their different, different things. And, and oftentimes, you know, when you're looking at, uh, roundups before the season, you don't quite get a sense for, for all that. All right. So the last category is the category you've heard the rest. Now you're going to hear the best. These are, these are the guys that I think have the most relevance. Um, and the first two guys, so you buried the lead. I buried the lead. First two guys, First guy I'm going to talk about is the only quarterback on this list. Most of a lot of these, are, a lot of these players I'm talking about are running backs, but the only quarterback is on the list, and, and he's the only really comp to Trey Lance. And I'm going to tell you, it's not much of a comp. So Kelly Stoffer, Stoffer, Stoffer. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm going to go Stoffer because I I don't I barely remember him. Uh, he in college. Um, these are all players, by the way, who basically missed a year between the end of their college career or the beginning of their pro career. Gotcha. Right. So and not most, for injury, not for injury reasons. So most applicable to our rookies coming in this Most year. applicable to our rookies okay. coming in. So Kelly, St- Kelly Stouffer. I'm going to go with Stouffer because I think that's the name of like the frozen food I meal. I think that's right. Um, and that also, that has a soft spot in your heart. I feel like that's more your heart, but <laughs> I'm just going to say. It's definitely my heart because I love frozen dinners. Really? Oh. Ah, it's never been a thing for me. I know it looks like I've probably eaten 5,000 of them, but I haven't. Um, so he his elite season, by the way, this is this is the difference between the NFL today and the NFL in the 80s. The thing that got him picked number six overall by Arizona in, in 1987 was this season in 1986. I think it was for Colorado State, by the way. 2,600 yards, seven touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Wow, Back, six overall. Number six overall. Wow. <laughs> so, but and, and and by the way, he held out. So, after, yes, after that season, and maybe it's because he didn't want to play for Bill Bidwell in Arizona. It was kind of a notorious cheapskate. Uh, Arizona couldn't sign him. He sat out the entire 1987 season. He gets traded to Seattle for a first and two fifths to replace the aging Dave Craig. Um. His rookie year was the best season of his career. 1,100 yards, four touchdowns, six interceptions. Wow. And then that was it for go. Yeah, but it sounds like he maybe wasn't that great coming in anyway. That's, yeah, that's why I'm saying it. How much relevance does he have for Trey Lance? Probably not a whole <laughs> lot. Um, okay, next guy you've probably heard of. Uh, his name is Bo Jackson. I've heard of Bo. And this is one of my favorite stories. <laughs> So, are we talking football? Yeah. Well, we're talking we're talking football and baseball. We're talking about cross training. This is a cross training guy. 1985, he wins 
the Heisman Trophy his senior season. Now, he played football and baseball, and he was still expecting to play baseball at Auburn in the spring. Tampa Bay had the number one overall pick. They didn't want him to play baseball, so they invited him down on their private jet to go look at the facility in Tampa while promising him that it would not hurt his eligibility, knowing that it would. Oh, my gosh. So he goes down there. You know this for a fact? Yep. This oh, is wow. this is you can you can it's been well documented. Wow, that's so he, dirty. So he goes down there, and uh, he's so mad when he discovers that his he can't play college uh, baseball his senior year, that he tells Tampa, "If you draft me with the number one overall pick, I'm not going to play for you." They did draft him with the number one overall pick. And he did not play for them. He sat out the entire year and played baseball. So whether or not he would have played baseball or not, um, we don't know. So he sat out the entire 86 season for football. In 1987, then he goes to Oakland. He, he plays a full season of baseball, comes in uh, ha- um, half a season of football after baseball. Uh, um. 6.8 yards per carry. Um, that sounds pretty good. Um, the, the next year plays 10 games, 4.3 yards per carry. And then same kind of thing, playing baseball, playing football after baseball, 5.5 yards per carry, 5.6 yards per carry. I mean, he's dominant in the NFL um, right away from the beginning. Um, the uh, uh, And it ends up being the greatest uh, video game player, like character in all of uh, video games, the uh, Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, Tecmo Bowl. You, Tecmo Bowl. Un, oh, untackleable yes. in Tecmo, Tecmo, Tecmo Bowl. Bowl. Were you a big Tecmo Bowl guy, Bjorn? Absolutely. Yeah. Particularly in college. Yeah, this, this was like a, this was, I would I would play Tecmo Bowl with the the, the Gopher football team who lived in my dorm right. in, in, in college. You were their RA? Were you an RA? No, then? I was not an RA. I was, okay. I was just a freshman. But, uh, we play Tecmo Bowl all the time. Tecmo is the company that makes fat guy, skinny guy hockey too, right? No, I don't think so. No, okay. no, that's Are just Nintendo. Sure? Yeah, it's just Nintendo. It's a similar okay. vibe, but it's 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 this it's a similar level of graphics. But right. yeah, yeah, that's my favorite, that is my favorite video game, by the way. Fat guy, fat skinny. guy, skinny guy hockey. Nintendo Ice Hockey for the original Nintendo. Yeah. All right, so that's Bo. I love that story. Um, that is quite the story. Uh, so then, the two most relevant guys are. Maurice Claret and Mike Williams. And Maurice Claret was a running back for uh, Ohio State. And uh, he actually won the national championship game. I feel like I'm listening to a history podcast. I know, this is like a history podcast. This is Dan Carlin. (laughs) Hardcore history. (laughs) Hardcore football history? Hardcore football history with Sean McGuire. (laughs) So as a freshman, they won the national championship game in the same game where Willis McGahee tore up his knee. So he was on the winning side of that. Uh, but then the next year, he gets kicked off the the Buckeye football team. So he missed 2003. He tries to enter the draft in 2004, has a court case. He wins in the court case. Now, this is where I'm going to talk about Mike Williams. Because he wins in the court case, Mike Williams hires an agent and says he's going to go pro. And he's just had a, a big season where, where he had 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns. So, uh, and then it gets, the thing gets appealed and 
a, a higher court reverses it, tells Claret, and by, by the way, now Mike Williams, who has hired the agent, that right. they can't go into the NFL draft early, so they have to sit out wow. 2004. So Claret sits out two years, Mike Williams sits out one year. Wow. Um, Claret basically comes into the combine overweight. I mean, has like a brutal combine. Like he, he, his 40 time is basically defensive lineman speed is what he is like 4.7 or 4.8 forties. Um, not, not in shape, not in shape. We were talking about guys who maybe should have, what, what, what they spent their time doing. He did not spend his time preparing for football. He, uh, ate a lot of sandwiches. (laughs) He, uh, he gets drafted late in the third round, and that was kind of a gift because that was day one back then. Um, he never played a down in the NFL. Oof. Yeah, he was he was he was brutal. Mike Williams, on the other hand, comes to the combine, and people said he looked slow, but like a tight end. He was big, big wide receiver. I think he was like six five, uh, two hundred and thirty pounds. But just what his weight was in college at USC. So he weighs the same. He comes in at the combine, has the same weight as his listed weight. He had his 40 was like 4.59, which isn't terribly fast for a big guy, but basically his measurables are the same as Mike Evans. You probably heard of Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of looked sluggish and overweight, and then basically he, he, he gets drafted number 10 overall. So people remember his college days uh, at least Detroit does, and Detroit had a habit of uh, drafting wide receivers in the first round then, and, and he was one of their busts. So he basically got 350 yards and a touchdown his rookie year. He never, by, by 2006, he's benched, traded. His his uh, his career is kind of over. So he um, uh, didn't show up like Maurice Claret way overweight way out of shape but there was something lost yeah so unless he was never good and and sometimes nfl guys are drafted high and they're not good right that's that happens all the time so that was that's your very, tour that was a very deep dive mm-hmm. a lot of information mm-hmm. what are some key takeaways uh having done this work how okay. can we apply this to this year's rookie class or or this year's nfl veterans that right. sat out so the players that i didn't talk about are players that basically played a partial season um like kareem hunt um i actually think if you played a partial season this year i think that matters so the guys that 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 um i'm not terribly worried about rashad bateman for example for this reason maybe maybe he came back he didn't look great maybe there's something you can take from the fact that he didn't look great when he came back from minnesota um but maybe that's because he kind of missed whatever the college training camp would be because he originally said he was going to sit out, and then he came back in, and then he left again. Um, but those are kind of different things. I, I, I'm not seeing a lot of evidence that if you are used to the grind in the NFL and are used to keeping your maintaining your body and, and um, that, that you can't just do that. So um, basically, I think... Without a combine, it's going to be weird. But it I think going to be weird. I think you're going to want to look very closely at these pro days and how they weigh in and how they look, because if there's a sign that these people and I, guys train 
overall way more today than they did in 2002 or they did in 1972, whatever it was, right? Um, so, but if somebody comes in and they and you have questions about how they look physically, I think that would be a huge red flag. So if Jamar Chase comes in, and I don't expect this, because these guys, when they opted out, they got agents. Their agents are telling them, you got to be fit. Um, I, think, I think if anybody comes in and looks like they haven't maintained that, for me, it's a huge red flag. I think I don't think they're going to get yeah. it back. Well, and I would I would agree with you that if somebody's played a partial season, there's not a big difference between playing a partial season and playing a whole season in terms of being ready. Yeah, being being in the grind. You you could you could strain a a muscle and play a partial season. Yeah, and that's it. It's to yeah, me, absolutely. I'm not worried about those guys at all for that reason. And it'll be it'll be super interesting to see this virtual. Uh, pro day thing extravaganza extravaganza yeah. and uh, you're gonna see because you're gonna have guys who have been uh like me sitting on the couch during covid watching netflix uh who are coming back and they're doing the uh they're doing the pro days and you and if if uh if they're not on point uh yeah absolutely i think that'd be a big red flag uh the other thing that i think is at least, and this I'm really curious about uh, uh, what Bjorn would have to say about this. I myself am marking these guys down a little bit because I don't expect them to, for someone who sits out the full season, I don't expect them uh, to be able to immediately contribute. So I feel, you're marking Jamar Chase, Kenneth Gainwell. A little bit. Nico Collins down I think there might be a slower start for those guys. Okay. And that, and... And I don't know um, if 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 someone's an elite talent. I I think, it, and I haven't gotten into exactly. I know you've got some questions about Jamar Chase so far, but not you're not settled on that yet. Yeah, I mean, since you brought it, I, I just don't. See, I see him making plays on film. Obviously, um, there's just some there's some things that I expected to see when I started watching his tape that I right. hadn't seen yet, but. It's still right. early. But if you come to the conclusion from watching the tape that this guy is an elite player, I, I'm not going to say, oh, he's not an elite player anymore, right? That's that's not the point here. The point is, is if you're looking for immediate production, I do think the guys who sat out a year, it might take them a little while to get up to speed. It's not a whole lot different than guys who uh, hold out and skip training camp. I mean, I, I think if, if they're if they're uh, um, in shape, basically, but didn't play, just expect a, a slow start. But probably, I like guys who skip training camp, probably an increased injury risk, I would guess. Yeah, what do you think about that, Bjorn? I mean, we've, we saw that, uh, again, with last year, with, um, you know, going into things, people probably were not worked out well enough. They didn't have access to team gyms, uh, et cetera. So these guys who have sat out, I think there's some of these guys that are sort of preternatural athletes where you know that they're going to snag whatever's coming at them um, and you don't have to worry about their skill set. But there's other guys who once they're out of the routine, their uh, their capacity, their skills are, are going to decline and they're going to have that slow um, – warm-up time or whatever it is uh getting into the season 
Did you use a word that I I don't know what it means? Preternatural, overnatural, like <laughs> weird, weirdly, weirdly unnatural. You know, you, you, we've played. Uh, uh, I think John Fraser, uh, soccer wise, is a guy, or Craig Matheson, uh, football wise, is a guy who's just got skills that you can put that person out of the sport for five years, and you know, if you put them on the field, they're gonna uh, they're gonna pass. And they're going to catch, and they're going to receive uh, without too much issue. Hmm. Yeah, I. So the takeaway for me is first it'll be a two-step process. I'm going to see what I see at their pro days, and um, and if, if someone checks all the boxes on their pro day, then I, I'm going to. The next step is uh, then I'm probably going to treat them. Um, relatively normal well if it's a tie between two guys i'm probably going to lean towards the guy who played in terms of who i'm going to draft because they're less likely to come into training camp and you know pull a hammy on the first day of training camp and uh, i think the guys who sat out a year are, are going to be a little bit more likely to do that and that's a small thing and it, it's almost impossible to predict but if, again it's going to be a, a tiebreaker for me i think all right, that's going to do it for our episode on uh, sitting out a season. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hop on our Facebook group. It's called The Steel Pod. Lots of uh, conversation going on there. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Steel Pod. I'm at Steel Pod Sean. And we look forward to doing this again. Until then, bye-bye. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel join our community on the steel pod facebook group and follow us on twitter at steel pod